Welcome back to Versus Extreme. I'm Marcus Driscoll, the broken whammy bar on a Guitar Hero guitar. I'm Tommy Calhoun, but my name is Penelope. I'm a 17-year-old child from Illinois. I found this phone in a bargain bin outside the JCPenney's at the mall off of Bradley Park. This is the phone I buy weed with. It was a $5 burner phone. I didn't know how to reset it, so I brought it to my friend's son. He's a five-year-old named Todd. He got on Facebook, my Facebook, and posted, Hi, my name is Evan, which was a high-caliber sniper rifle round to my social media following that dropped my follower count so low I almost got audited by the IRS. And I'm Tim, resident fart knocker. (laughs) Tim knocks farts. Hey, man. So let's unpack a little bit of what you just said, Tommy. Yeah. So uh, that whole string of incoherent bullshit is something that came to me in a dream um was it delivered to you kind of it was like i was both the stand-up comic and the audience of said stand-up comic and we were all listening to me say this string of syllables and words and like by the end of it we all thought it was the funniest fucking thing we had heard in our entire lives and i then went woke up laughing i remember waking up laughing and then being like, what the fuck time is it? And rolled over to check my phone. And I was like, well, I'm going to remember this in the morning. And so I got on the voice to text. And so I was trying to t- say like the exact phrase, trying to remember it in my groggy, half drunken sleep state, while also trying not to wake up anybody else in the house, my <laughs> loud ass talking. And then when I finally got it recorded and I went back to sleep, I woke up the next morning. I was really excited because I was like, oh, man, that goof last night must have been hilarious because I never get up and record anything <laughs> I say from the dreams. And then I listened to it and I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Oh, no. So I guess my dream self is just like permanently on drugs or something. I think that your dream right. self should work on their type five. Yeah, um, that is my not- dream self <laughs> should definitely <laughs> work on their type five. That's that sounded really shady. I meant what I meant. No, to say. no, no. You are correct, Tim. <laughs> my dream self definitely needs to work on their type five because nobody knows what the fuck that means. What I meant to say was that your dream self is hilarious. I loved all of that. I was physically having to restrain myself from bursting out laughing. Um, my foot's in my mouth. Uh, I have a submission for you guys. Lay it on me. Uh, this one comes from at Bad Disco Duck. Thank you, at Bad Disco Duck. And it is Gilbert Gottfried and Danny DeVito drop a music album. Could they win the Gram? And if so, in what genre? Okay. They can win it. In podcasts. <laughs> in mumble rap. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> Just. Just the idea of Danny DeVito doing mumble rap is the funniest fucking thing. The fucking me. idea of Gilbert Godfrey doing mumble rap. <laughs> That's true. What if they fucking covered some, like, Run the Jewel songs? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, okay. Get this. Get this. Well, you know me, dude. What do you what got? If what do you got? they released a pop punk album? Ooh. <laughs> okay, so can let's let's take this question real quick and just, like, twist it, like, a little bit. Okay, uh-huh. what do you got for me? Um... What would be the best type of music for them to create together? Not necessarily what they would win at, but right. just like what would you really be drawn into? I would really, like, <laughs> I would really like to see them do country music, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like not even good country music, like definitely just like college football stadium, really like yeah, heavy pandering some, like, country music. Country music. Yeah, like, yeah, I got my tractor and my dog and my cup of Mountain Dew, like that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that yeah. would be fucking hilarious. I think the thing that would draw me in the most is if they did some like a really crazy EDM shit. <laughs> Wait, though? wait, they do the they go the object head route. Of yeah, head, but it's just like bigger versions of the heads that they already have. <laughs> so Danny DeVito's head is like six times too big for his body, and Gilbert Gottfried's head is just really tall and thin. Oh my god! Wait, but it's actually like each other's heads. Yeah. Oh my god! No so one would know. Gilbert Gottfried and get Danny DeVito's man. head. Shit. Ooh. What about soundscapes? Like <laughs> to like soothe you before bed? No. Okay. What they do. They make vaporwave music of their voice acting yes. stretched out with an 80s synth track behind it. Oh, hell Hold yes. on a second. I feel like that probably exists, and it probably slaps. It probably does slap. Yeah, actually, that's the uh, theme song for True Combo. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, I think... Listen to True Combo, please. Oh, thanks, Tom. 
Okay, I want to take this back. I want to take this back to the original question being yeah, yeah. back to what, the roots. What could they win the Gram in? Because the Gram, it's a lot about pandering. We all know this. Yeah. yeah. It's not necessarily who's the most talented. We've seen talented people get thrown to the side so many times. As of the most recent ceremony, there were 84 categories. Uh, some of my favorites included uh, uh, categories such as pop, uh, dance, less electric. Uh, rock, alternative, R&B, rap, country, new age, reggae, jazz, Latin. Tim, I'm going to have to stop you and say I've already found the best one for them to do, and it's dance recording. <laughs> Hold on a second. What does that entail? What in the hell does that entail? I'm looking that up right now. The Grammy Award for Best Dance Recording is an award presented at the Grammy Awards. Um... To rewarding artists for works containing quality vocal performance in the dance music genre. Okay, I thought this was going to be an actual dance that they did. I did too. Okay, because if I could see both Gilbert Gottfried and Danny DeVito (laughs) in uh, fucking singlets, sweaty, trying to keep up with Beyonce's single ladies... I would lose I would my fucking lose shit. My fucking mind. Okay, but imagine this 2020 Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried and Danny DeVito dropped the fucking slappinest bop you've ever heard in your right. entire life. Slappinest bop. Not only do they have the best fucking music video for that shit where they're fucking dancing their asses off, they fucking come to the 2020 Super Bowl halftime show and they fucking whip out their fucking asses for this shit, man. They literally <laughs> Just, fucking throw their ass on that fucking field dude (laughs) they're fucking twerking the hell out of that shit okay real talk though okay i feel like if they were looking to seriously actually win a grammy yeah yeah, yeah. they have enough money yeah between gilbert Gottfried's sick disney loads yeah and danny devito's always sunny right um to get like a good producer Mm -hmm. and that's really all they need is like the fucking best producer in the industry to make a pop album Mm. yeah yeah, yeah and they could pay enough people to, like, be featured on the album, too, to yeah. where, like, it wouldn't even really oh, be them. yeah, they could just bring, like, fucking Weird Al in on, or something, and, like, <laughs> yeah. Weird Al would know what to do. He would be like, oh, okay, I got this shit. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. And you know Weird Al's gonna get the Grammy. Yeah, of course. He got, like he does every year. Yeah, yeah he gets, like, all of them get, like, you know, a Grammy, like, jazz or pop or whatever. And then, like, and then every year they also give Weird Al the Grammy, and then... The Grammy. Yes, the, yes, yes. The Grammy. Yes, <laughs> Because he just can't do anything except for polka, apparently. Right. <laughs> um, um, Tommy, do you have a question for us? I might have a question for you, Tim. Uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a doozy, though. So wait, you might have one, or you have one, and it's a doozy, Tommy. Oh, I was just being coy, but if you really want to get to it, then we can. Tim, hit him with a line. No fucking fence sitters. Thank you. All right, well, then I guess I'll get off this fence. <laughs> this comes to, to us from the Would You Rather subreddit. Um, it is submitted by user Bruh. Uh, that's B, three R's, U, four H's. Uh, Interesting uh, how yeah. they have one U, four H's, and three R's. Yeah. Uh, but the question is, would you rather be 50% good at everything or 100% good at one thing? Now, to clarify, this means that any task you attempt, you are either you, you have a 50% chance of completing it satisfactorily for everything or there's one category, probably kind of a broad category, but one category where you are 100% successful at completing that thing. I'm going to break this shit wide open and I'm going to say I want to be 100% good at one thing. At that one thing is I want to be 100% good at being good at everything. Uh, no, that's fucking stupid. You no, can't you that. can't do that. No, too. no, no. It's that one thing. thing. Yeah, and then my one thing is I can do everything. No, but that it, Tim, as the arbiter of this question, I deny your uh, submission through the versus extreme halls of yeah battling royale. Bailiff, take him away. <laughs> okay, I'm still gonna say 100 percent good at one thing. Okay, you're gonna you're thing. being held in contempt of court. And that one thing is making buttloads of cash. Right. Okay. You've been released on good behavior. That's 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 100% acceptable because you can always pay somebody to do the things that you're not good at. Exactly. I Okay. So here's the part where I'm getting a little tripped up. Uh-huh. 50% good at one thing. Yeah. Or 50% good at everything. Good at everything. Sorry. 100% good at one thing. So does that mean that it's anything that you do becomes a coin toss over whether or not it will be successful or not? Yes. 
then yeah, I would be 100% successful at one thing. That sounds like fucking misery. So, wait a second. This is too easy. I take it back 100%. I'm going to be 50% good at everything. Because uh-huh. all I have to do is play the lottery twice. Not always. It's not perfect 50. Because yeah. you, can, you, can, you can fail three times in a row, and that's still 50%. Then I'll play it five times. I'll play it ten times. Tim, you're, t- you're, you're telling me that you're willing to make a grilled cheese sandwich five times in order to get the right grilled cheese? No, I'm willing to play the lottery ten times until I make enough money to live on for the rest of my but life. But Tim, here's the thing. is like, now, any time that you try to like pay your bills with your lottery money, yeah. there's a 50% chance that it doesn't go through. <laughs> then I pay someone to do everything for me. Then there's a 50% chance, chance that you that like... Your, your bills, the, the payment for that person doesn't go through. Yeah. Or like you drop the cash that you're <laughs> handing to them. <laughs> or you can't find it. And then oh, when you wow. go to pick up the cash, oh, you bungled it again. You just slip and then you fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or... Or this happens, I go up to someone and I slowly but surely explain to them my whole situation and I say, I will pay you buttloads of money to do everything for me. Or oh, you accidentally flip? slip that up and you say, you say, I will pay you to put buttloads of everything in my butt. Yeah. <laughs> and then I that, try that's, again. That is, the, that is then, the crux of the question, Tim, is that it's 50% good at everything. And then I say, hold on, let me take that back again. <laughs> you would have lost I, no, me at that point, no, dude. Tim, Tim, this is like a D&D skill check. You get to do it once. What? Yeah. Tommy, this is, this I... Is, this is doing it... So, like, all of your attempts are encompassed under the one try. I feel like you're really trying to sell me on not having this, like, sp- deliberately. No, no, no. I'm just trying to keep you from breaking it. Busting <laughs> <laughs> it wide okay, open. Can I, can, I, um, can I give this thing a patch notes real quick? Yeah, go for it. What if I were to say this? Um... To be fifty percent good at everything, mm-hmm. you are the the exact median of everyone who has ever attempted. Oh, it. so instead of being a fifty fifty chance, you're just averagely good at doing this thing. Not necessarily just averagely, because if it's something like what's something that only a few people could do? Uh, hold your breath underwater for ten minutes. Okay, there. So you you now you don't have the 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 ability to hold your breath as much as the average person. You have the ability to hold your breath equal to the median of everyone who's ever attempted it. Gotcha. So, like, if you, you say you're doing like a skill check, you're trying to fucking pilot a rocket ship. Uh huh. Then you, you'd be pretty good at it. Yeah, because everybody who's ever tried to pilot a rocket ship has been pretty, pretty successful. Good. Yeah, for the most part. There's yeah. been some accidents, but you know. Yeah. Um, something like that. Then I would 100% take 50% with everything. Yeah. Then I would I would take 50% everything because 100 unless unless I picked 100 100% good at one thing. That was a really good thing, like Tim said, making money or like yeah. or That's being really really good at drawing or like yeah. be like because then I would be renowned throughout the ages as a master artist or I would mm. be renowned renowned throughout the ages as a master comedian or yeah. politician or lawyer or something like whatever I set right. my mind to. But you would be the best forever. But yeah. the the problem with that though is like you can only do that one thing, and if you get bored or you get tired of it. Shit out of luck, buddy. Yeah. You're fucked. Also, interesting you say the, the drawing thing, Tommy, because uh, not only would you not become renowned and known amongst the places, but you would be a good artist. You'd be really good. No one would know you and no one would like you because you're terrible at social interactions. Yeah, true. You're terrible at literally, you're terrible at keeping yourself alive. Well, no, 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 because you're not, like, this question doesn't limit your other abilities. Ah, you're really, true. really good at one thing. You, you, so you just get one thing to be exceptionally skilled at in your, like, your, your regular self and everything else. So you're saying right. that... You could be averagely good at every single thing that you could possibly put your mind to. Right. Yeah. Then I would probably take the 100% good at one thing and keep what I'm good at right now. Because I'm, I'm satisfied with the things I'm good at right now. But it would be baller ass to be a good artist. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. It, yeah, I would take that too. I would take 100% defo mundo. Mm. What are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? Do you have any idea how good average is? I mean, it's good, but it's only average. It's average. Well, but it's, you could be average at anything. To be fair, though, I specifically said median instead of mean. Because in the median, the more people who have attempted it, you're going to be on the lower side of average. True. So if for like breathing you'll be on the the average the most probably on the average side because the more most people who've tried breathing have generally been pretty good at it right but imagine being like average at making money 
or average at finding a job. Like the average person is going to find a job. The average person is going to, you know, maybe make enough money. The average person is going to be able to do a lot of stuff. That's true. Yeah. It's, but like, I can do all those things under my own skill, but I could also just be 100% good at cooking and then make the bombest ass meals I've ever made in my whole life. Anyway, all I'm saying is that the 100% good at one thing is the only correct answer. And if you think anything else, you're wrong. Okay, all I'm saying is I feel like you guys nerfed 100%, then buffed 50%, then rebuffed 100% just to, like, side with you guys' own selves. And every time I said something, you just were like, no, Tim, you can't do that. But me and we're going to do this thing. I, uh... Um, so I'm gonna go back to saying 100% good at one thing and making buttloads of cash. Nice, Marcus. Do you have a question? <laughs> yes, I do. This is when it counts. Holy shit! We ended at the same time this time. Yeah, yeah we usually boys. do every time. Nope, that's yep. not true. Yes, it is. Um. Okay, I got a one that counts for you guys. Okay. Okay. How do Steve and Blue from Blue's Clues uh-huh. successfully invade and take over Foster's home for imaginary friends? Okay. Ooh. Okay. So what what counts as a takeover of Foster's home? Do they have to like get all the other imaginary friends out, or do they just have to get the other imaginary friends to recognize them as like the leaders? They. Yeah, we're gonna go to the second one. The second say, one. They have to get recognized as the leaders of Foster's home. Yeah. Hold as on a the, second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. As the alpha friends. Gotcha. Do they have to make this like a consistent thing, or is it just like for a little bit? Like a one and done. Just enough to get the title. That's mm. it. That's the one. Okay. Condition. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Here's what you do. They walk in, they go to Granny, and they say, Hey Granny. Madam Foster. Hey Granny. Hey Madam. Hey, Hello, madame. Uh, good day, milady. Um, may I please interest you in one of these clues? And then she opens the letter, and it says, I'm the leader now, motherfucker. <laughs> and then Grady's like, well, I guess that's it. Just Now you're Madame Foster. As if, as if Mr. Harriman would allow this Tom fuckery to take yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Harriman would have no would would not allow this. And then and then Steve and Blue would like go outside and they'd be like, "All right, we're the leaders now." And Cuckoo would be like, "Cuckoo!" and like shoot an egg at him and it would explode and then they would be back out on the front porch like, "Well, that didn't work." Yeah. Um, you're trying to say that Coco would not automatically love Blue? That's true. Blue is both... the most wholesome motherfucker. Now hold on. Now hold on a second. I think I, don't think I think she that loves Steve though. I think that their ticket in is Blue. Yeah, and Blue I think is that basically that, an imaginary friend. Why would they? Well, hold on. Why would their ticket in be Blue? Blue is not trusted by any means by anyone. Well, what I'm saying We're is like Blue, 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 Blue clues. Blue, Blue, Blue's clues. Blue, Blue, like the dog. Oh, I thought you were saying Blue as in Blue Regard. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. From this point onward, uh, Blue from Foster's Home will be Blue Regard. Uh, and blue, the dog will be blue. Okay, sounds good. So um, I think blue's a ticket in because blue dog mm-hmm. and moves funny. I mean, come on, yeah, come on, yeah, that's just imaginary, imaginary friend. friend. That's true. And also, I I think that Tim's onto something that blue and Coco would have an instant camaraderie because they both only have single syllable vocabularies. Oh, yes. Coco's being Coco, and blues being ball ball ball. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I think that the easiest way to do this. I was goofing earlier about the whole Madame Foster bit. Um, I think the easiest way to do this for them to just get the title like one and done would be to get her in on it as like a joke, as like a prank. You know, mm. everyone's joking around. Everyone's good for me. Yeah. I feel like Adam Foster okay, would okay, be okay. really into something like that. I get it. I got I got it. I got it. What do you guys think of this? Uh-huh. Blue shows up, the dog. Okay. Be friends Coco. Yes. Then be friends Blue Regard and the rest of the gang. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wilt and, you know, Edward O and Mac. They get on Mr. Harriman's nerves. Yes. He goes into lockdown mode, like, yes. you know, crackdown, fucking... Like, yeah, y- y'all grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that pisses off Madame Foster because you know she likes to have fun. She's like, I wish that there was just a way to like teach him to stop being such a dick all the time. Yeah. So then Steve shows up and he's like, knock, knock, sign it over to me. I'll fake fire him. <gasps> oh my god. Whoa. Huh? Okay, you're. Um, I that's, don't think. Hmm. Huh? That's a galaxy brain play that I'm here for. Huh. That's why they call me the 400 IQ ding dong. 
I think that if that happened, I think I do that, call you that. <laughs> I think that if that happened, I think Mr. Hammerman would kind of go a little crazy. Would oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. go back and be like, no, I'm Mr. Hammerman. Now we all have to do a Mr. Hammerman impression, oh, Tommy. But Madam Foster. <laughs> 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 Yours was like it started like I can definitely see where you're going with that, but it had like a little bit of like uh what is his name? Snoopy. Not Snoopy not fuck, not Snoopy, Droopy. Droopy. Oh no. Madam Foster. Um This isn't his voice. That's the first thing my brain defaulted to. Madam Foster, here's your cigarettes. Madam Foster. Madam Foster, I've been working for you for 40 years. Oh, I just no, love like, all these imaginary friends. <laughs> Mr. Harriman has to listen, though, because he's her imaginary friend, right? I don't think he has to listen. I don't think he has to listen. I think that he would be like, you know what, Madam Foster? I'm fed up with you. It's time for a militarized takeover. <laughs> <laughs> so he would just fucking take it back. We have seen him use weaponry, though. Yes. Yeah. Like grenades and shit. Okay, yeah. I yeah. think I think the easiest way is to just play to their strengths. Blue and Steve just show up, and it's kind of a Mac and uh, Blue regard situation where it's like, "Hey, we don't know everything about like this whole imaginary friend situation, but we kind of want to like or like Blue regard and Mac really didn't have a choice, but Steve and Blue can be like, "Hey, we don't know a whole lot about this, but I guess Blue's a imaginary friend," and so they start living at the house for a little while, and eventually like. They get a letter, and the letter's like, hey, do you want to take over this house? And they're like, okay. And then they get another letter, and the letter's like, well, here's what you have to do. And then they have to follow. It's basically a Blue's Clues episode, but the episode is just them going around getting information and clues that's just like, oh, here's how you uh, like take over this house. Well, well who sent the letter? Who sent the clues? Yeah. Well. We as the audience? The yeah. The taskmaster? Yeah. Madam Foster. So you're oh, saying <laughs> she that's how she gets around Harriman is like she's like, well, Harriman's going to want you to do this. And so she sends you a letter that she sends them a letter. And it's like, this is what you have to do to dodge Mr. Harriman. Fuck. So the only way to do it Wait. when it counts is if Madam Foster facilitates the whole thing. Uh, yeah. uh, boys, 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 boys. We've been we we've got it all wrong. Uh huh. We're fucking idiots. We're looking over the, f- the primary feat and ability of both Steve and Blue. Uh huh. Um. So, in Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, there are portraits everywhere, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Surely, in one of these portraits, it's going to be the deed, like, oh signing the deed God. to the house. Uh-huh. So, first, if Blue skadoos into the portrait, and then Steve can also, because if Blue, if Blue skadoos, then we can too. Uh-huh. So, they skadoo into the painting, or the, or the picture, the portrait, whatever the fuck, and then they just fucking swipe the pen, sign the deed, that's it, baby. Bing, bang, bomb. Holy they fucking hell. own the whole thing forever for always, not even just a one and done. Wow. That's how they do That's it. That's how they do it when it counts. That's it how counts. they do it. Woof. That's great. Yeah, in more ways than one. Binky, allow allow me to be the first to say, pop a barrel. Okay, at that, I have a submission for you guys. Lay it on me. Please. Uh, this one comes from uh, at Case of Space 32. Thank you, at Case of Space 32. And it is college improv troupe versus group of cosplayers there are five members in each party now before we get into this i want to say under normal circumstances with no context everything you know automatically becomes bloodlusted battle yeah however for this one i feel like an important thing for us to do would be to name something other than that because that would just come down to like college kids fighting each other and it's just like there's no winning that. Yeah. There's not. Yeah. We must rise up and unite as one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if either of you guys have any ideas, I'm definitely open. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to, since we're already escaping from the Winky Dome, I'm just going to pause it. Some, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this football that we're running with and then do a 30-yard pass and say that these aren't any ordinary college improv troupe and group of cosplayers, but... Uh, let's, let's go out on a limb and say that the cos, let's, let's make, let's spice this up a little bit. What if the cosplayers have the abilities of the characters they're cosplaying as, and the college improv troupe has the ability to not, not necessarily speak things into existence, but like, uh, they have to deal with and can summon the things that they 
bring into reality as part of their improv group. They yeah. must. So let me let me tack on to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe the improv troupe, they they can speak things into reality, mm-hmm. but to do it, they have to yes and off each other. Oh my god! Oh, no. <laughs> um, it's a giant dinosaur. Rah! That's pink and purple. Rah! And <laughs> the size of a chicken. Um, all right we got it imagine okay i feel like it puts it means a lot for uh the fact that this is specifically five members in each party because that means the cosplayers they have to be cosplaying the ginyu force (laughs) that's a good one they have to be cosplaying the ginyu force perfect five people okay okay now wait now let me pause it this one though too okay we've used pause it a lot in this episode yeah, um, let me. Oh shit! We're positively using posit. I had <laughs> no idea this entire time you were saying a shortened version of deposit. I thought you were saying literally, let's pause it. No. Oh. <laughs> well, I posit, was just posit's like, its own word. P o s i t. Like where to, you to suggest forward. something, you yeah. put it forward. Anyway, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take <laughs> this back real quick. So I like the idea of a guinea force. Can I throw you guys this? Sure, 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 sure. What if it's the the gang from Avatar? Aang, Toph, Katara, Sokka, and Zuko. Zuko. No. Can you force? Mm, yes. Okay. No, hold on. <laughs> I feel like the Ginyu Force might be on the level of whatever the hell a group of improvers can summon into the world. That's fair, like, yeah. Like, well, they could just be like, oh, well, we're going to bring in uh, God, but he's Jesus, but he's God, or like something like that. Yeah. But like, I, I don't think they would be p- trying to summon in something that's incredibly strong. They're trying to summon in something that's funny, because what what's more important to an improver than winning is making sure that the audience has a good time. That's fair. Exactly. And now that's where I feel like the Ginyu, why I feel like the Ginyu Force is so prime. Now... I did. I shot down the Avatar pretty quickly. <laughs> You're good. Uh, however, I feel like uh, the Avatar gang—they would be so brooding, so serious, so angsty. Huh? Name one battle they had where they weren't fucking pissed off the whole time. Okay, not necessarily the battles, but like, I mean, anytime they've taken out like just mooks or like just groups of people, like. Aang's making quips the whole time, dude. Are you and, saying Aang this? is making quips literally the entire time, except when he fights Fire Lord Zuko? Are you saying these guys are just mooks? Are, these guys aren't the most powerful. Gr- this is not the most powerful. All group. right, you guys are asking for it. Bonus round. Bonus round. Ginyu Force versus uh, the five members of the gang from Ginyu Force wins. Yeah, Ginyu Force. Yeah, I think the Ginyu Force wins, unfortunately. All right, so back to the question. Ginyu Force versus... Uh, so the so people cosplaying as the Ginyu Force versus five college improv members who can speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. With limitations. I think... I think I'm going to have to give it to the improv troupe on the account of making people laugh, not necessarily on the account of winning a battle, because... The Ginyu Force is going to be taking pictures with people, and people are going to be like, holy shit, it's Captain Ginyu. Body switch with me. And he'll be like, okay. And then he'll body <laughs> switch with them, and it'll be funny. But, like, I think the college improv troupe being able to speak in stuff to reality, like, we have this bathroom that's full of pictures of Burt Reynolds, <laughs> would be much more funny if people could just speak that in reality and then see it. Yes. Hmm. Now, I'll, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But in a in a battle to the death, in a battle to the death, in a battle to the death, Ginyu Force. Yeah, See? and I I think it's Ginyu Force because of Guldo. He holds his breath, and for as long as he can hold his breath, time is frozen. But also, he can't really do anything. But like, he could pants all of them. That is true. Ooh, that'd be Ooh. so funny. Wait, hold on. Both. Well, anything funny happens would fuel the improvers. Not necessarily, because if if people are laughing at the improvers, like not with them, but at them. 
that's like what you never want to have happen at the improv. Well, no, but dude, if fucking oh god, Tim, you're so right. Because if Guldo fucking pantses the improvers whenever mm-hmm. time's down, mm-hmm. then they everybody would laugh, and then all the improvers would be like, "Oh, it's ding dong out day. Everybody has the ding dong out." <laughs> and then true. again, you force has their ding dongs out. Yeah. Oh my it's god, like a reverse thing, dude. I think you know what I'm switching it up. I think I think I'm gonna go improv team for all this. Because no right. matter what happens, also okay, okay, also Ginyu Force takes out one of the improvers. What happens? Oh. Oh fuck! But they can't say no. It has. They have to yes and. Wait, yes and. We were all liches the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> good thing we can siphon his power. Yeah. Good thing we can. Good thing we had our murder rays. <laughs> <laughs> There's okay. Yeah. I don't think the you can yes and your way out of any situation. Yeah, exactly. I think the improvers take it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Bumpy. Yes. You got a cue. I do. Wait. Bumpy, you got a cue. Bumpy, you got I a do. cue. I do. Which one of you don't know how to read a question after taking a shit? It wasn't me. It's fucking one of you. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. Alrighty, alrighty. Enough all referencing right. memes. Let's get let's get on with it. Okay, so uh, it's funny that you guys bring up uh, the English accent because my question is about Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, wait, wait, where do English accents come into play because, in Thomas the Tank Engine? Because Thomas the Tank Engine's an English IP. Anyway, uh, the question is, could a thwomp from Super Mario Brothers beat Thomas the Tank Engine? Um, first things first. <coughs> what is a thwomp? A thwomp is the guy that what go... Yeah, he's the, Mario, big, the... he's the big rock that falls on people. Ah, uh, yes, The big yes. spiky man. <coughs> familiar. Angry face, now, false, strong. This we've 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 run into this before. We've run into this many times before on this podcast. Uh, Marcus would say otherwise, but this comes down to an unstoppable force versus an immovable object. Okay, I've seen a Vsauce video on it. I already know what goes on. I already know what happens. What oh happens, yeah, then tell us about uh, Vsauce. Michael says. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, let me first. Let me get into character. <clears throat> hey VSX, Marcus here. Fuck off. Um, so Michael, um, I just got off the phone with Michael. <laughs> okay. And Michael says that um, if an unmovable object and an unstoppable force were to collide, then the only the only thing that would happen would essentially they be they move through each other. That's the only that's the only possibility that could happen. Holy shit! They like face through each other. Yes. Shit. So I don't think Thomas is. Uh, unstoppable, and I don't think a thwomp is immovable. That's Correct. why I posited this question. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Name one instance where Thomas the Tank Engine was stopped, and name one instance where anything moved a thwomp. Okay, well, a thwomp can be beaten by Mario if he gets the Rainbow Star, like, and he goes like... But that's yeah. God and powers. Then, that's God powers. Then, uh, Thomas has been stopped multiple times. Like if the tracks are up, bro, uh, are like derailed, or if he runs out of gas, or if Percy has is gas. stuck, he had more. Or if cars fall in the water, okay, or if okay. Percy is stuck. <laughs> but there are tracks, and he has gas. There is not a single time where we wait. Fuck, where's Percy? <laughs> okay, hold on a second. You guys are derailing this. Or if ah. there's another train on the tracks. Hold on. Or... You missed my... You guys are derailing this. I, I uh, you're, dera- you're derailing I it. No, I heard you tell me. I was still laughing about Percy. <laughs> listen, listen. Thomas has rail. Thomas has gas. There's nothing. There's nothing. We have not seen anything to have ever stopped Thomas. Thomas is an unstoppable force. And if you're saying that the thwomp can be moved by something, anything less than an unstoppable force, which is Thomas, then the Thwomp is automatically defeated and destroyed. So you're saying it would be like Thomas is riding down the tracks and Thwomp goes and like lands on the tracks. Yeah. And then Thomas goes into him and he just goes blink and then falls off on the side. No, the Thwomp is just fucking exploded. The Thwomp is, the the, the Thwomp explodes. The Thwomp explodes. So Thomas you're saying you're blows. saying that Thomas takes Thwomp. That Absolutely. Thomas, that Thomas would run straight so, through that motherfucker. So what, if, what if Thwomp felt on top of Thomas? On Ooh. his exposed overbelly. <laughs> God, Jesus fucking Christ. I think that... Okay, so if Thwomp fell directly on top of Thomas, mm-hmm. 
That's a bad day. That is oh, a bad that day. That is a bad day. I, for one, would not want to get <clears throat> no matter what day of the week. True. Honestly. Um, God, I really hope ooh. that shows up really well on the Audacity recording. <laughs> because, God, it <laughs> just... Hey, listeners, how do you like us saying <clears throat> right into your ears? It's good, huh? You guys have been doing impressions of this thwomp. What yeah, is it it's called? your turn. It's, it goes... <clears throat> thwomp. <clears throat> you got it. You got it in one. <clears throat> That's close yep, enough. You're getting uh, uh, okay. Tim, I think someone's trying to call you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think Thomas still takes it. Yeah, I think Tom. I think Thomas still takes it from the sheer fact that even whenever a thwomp thwomps something, mm-hmm. that thing isn't necessarily squashed. Mm. It's just kind of like mm. Tom, the thing is, Thomas is Loki immortal. Because mm. yeah. if hearts. he dies, then all the kids get sad. Yeah, Plus, I think the sheer power from the children would save Thomas. Yeah, and like the thwomps, the only thing that we've really ever seen them take out is anything organic. Like they'll yeah. take out like Koopas and Goombas if they're underneath them, and they'll take out Mario. But like no matter what platform they're on, whether it be on like a, a freaking airship or and just like the like wherever you are. They just hit the ground and then they go right back up. So yeah. I think you're right. I think I think Thomas takes it. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right yeah, too. For sure. I got I got a question. Okay. I got a big one. Good. Give it to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Reed Richards, uh-huh. aka Mr. Fantastic, uh-huh. is tasked with becoming the best duelist in the history of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> he has multiple opponents, and we can just kind of breeze through these and maybe just talk about the ones that are going to give him a significant challenge. Okay. Hmm. Yugi, uh-huh. Kaiba, okay. Pegasus, okay. and then from Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, Jaden, Chaz, Dr. Crowler. Ooh. God damn it. Um, so, I think... So, for those of you that don't know, Reed Richards is also one of the, like, most intelligent people in the Marvel universe. Like yeah. He's, yeah. he's like, like, yeah, everybody knows him for being Mr. Fantastic, being super stretchy, but he's also like smarter than Iron Man. Yeah. Like, isn't he like the most intelligent? He's person? like, he's yeah. like at least the most intelligent person from earth. If not one of the most intelligent beings in the Marvel universe. Yeah. In general. So here's the thing that, that along with the fact that he's filthy, stinking rich. Mm hmm. Can buy whatever cards he wants. Now I wanted to, I wanted to kind of preface this with a little, mm. a little something. Okay. So Mr. Fantastic starts off with a with a he starts off with a uh, what is it a starter deck a structure mm. deck. Yeah. Okay. He starts off with a structure deck, and then uh, he has let's give him we're gonna give him a weekend a full forty eight hours to go around dueling people taking their best card. <laughs> if he wins, okay. if he loses, he gives up his best card. Yeah. So let's say. He probably will never lose to a bunch of randos. Um, I mean, I don't think he's never been exposed to dueling before. I think he he might stand a chance to lose like you know the first game or two. Yeah, right. But it's, after that, he's, he's yeah, he scales really hard. So yeah. like he loses the first two games, and he's like, okay, I think I've got it. And they're like, oh yeah, this guy, this random dude, this businessman just shows up and thinks he knows Yu Gi Oh, and then he kicks their asses through. Right, and, and yeah. it's like the kids that he's. Or the people that he's playing against, because it's not just necessarily kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he gets a structure deck, comes with, like, a Blue Eyes White Dragon, whatever. He right. loses his first game, and then they're like, I take your Blue Eyes! Which, joke's on you, kid. Blue Eyes the White Dragon's fucking impossible to get on the field. Yeah. You just you just helped out. Yeah, you just helped read out. The, the reads. So, let's say he gets some decent cards. Like, let's say he builds a pretty, like, nice deck. Probably right, something right. On, on par with, like... What Yugi or uh, Joey are running when yeah. they go to the yeah, dual yeah, island? Absolutely. Um, and honestly, okay, let's be real. Yugi has a terrible deck. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Probably something on par with the people Yugi is fighting. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. Um, let's let's fast forward this pro- this this question a little bit forward. Mm-hmm. Reed Richards shows up with an adequate deck. Yeah. Um, I think that he is going to be able to. After after forty eight hours of playing the game, mm-hmm. he's gonna be able to stop stomp Kaiba, mm-hmm. stomp Chaz, stomp Doctor Crowler. I yeah. think that the people who give him a real challenge are Yugi, Pegasus, and Jaden. Yeah, I think even with Yugi and Jaden, I think he could probably take them, especially if he has access to GT or GX cards whenever he fights Jaden. But I think the only person that really gives him a struggle is Pegasus because Pegasus can see his cards. Now here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that is true. Here's what I'm thinking. 
This is why I'm saying that, that these three characters give him a hard time. Yugi essentially has, like, force of will. Like, yeah. he, so long as it's plausible for him to draw a card that he needs, yeah. he essentially can. Yeah. Um, Pegasus, like you said, has foresight. He can look into, like, so long as Reed has, like, looked at his own cards, then Pegasus can see that, too. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Pegasus also knows what card he's going to draw next. Yeah. Uh, and then Jaden... I didn't fucking... I didn't know this, okay? Get ready mm -hmm. for me to fucking lay this on, you guys. Yeah. Jaden merged spirits with, like, a demon being from the game? Are you for real? Deadass. And he has, like, a bunch of, like, planetary destruction feats now. Are but you serious? Deadass. Yeah, you guys didn't know that? I didn't know that. Dude, it's crazy stuff, man. It's <laughs> so crazy. Fuck? That show goes so hard, dude. Yeah, he merges with a spirit called Yubel. Look it up. It's fucking insane. Anyway, um... But Jaden also has kind of the heart of the cards, where he can, uh, he has like force of will, as far as dueling goes. Okay, with that knowledge, I still think that Pegasus gives him a hard time. I think that Yugi, I think even though Yugi can draw whatever card he needs, his deck is still bad. And if yeah. Reed, if Reed gets the right, because I think, I think what puts Reed over Yugi in this situation is when Reed is beating all these other duelists on Duel Island and he's beating all these other duelists to get their cards, he knows what cards to be taking because he's already, he's already like three games in, he's already figured out the best strategy to play Yu-Gi-Oh! And right. so yeah, he's just, yeah, yeah. every game, he's just building on that strategy. Yeah. Every, every time he beats someone, he's like, you got a pot of greed? Yeah, all right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he like he understands card advantage. He understands all that shit. So he's like he's taking all the good cards. Where so like when he fights Yugi, it's like it doesn't matter that Yugi can draw the cards he needs because his cards are just worse than Reed's. Yeah, that exactly. Like Reed Reed's piloting a fucking tier two uh, like tournament legal deck, and Yugi's <laughs> like I've got a blood time master. You can't play that in this edition. What? It's not standard legal. <laughs> Oh, okay. It came from my grandpa's shop. It came from right. my grandpa's shop. Yeah, your grandpa's shop's been open since 1996, buddy. <laughs> also, like, same thing with Jaden, though. Like, honestly, Jaden's deck is, like, fine, but it's not, like, good. Well, Jaden has a bunch of renditions of his deck, though. Like, he has, like, a bunch of different cards that he, like, fucking slaps together real quick. Okay, yeah, even still, though. I feel like Jaden's deck has much more synergy than Yugi's does, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. for sure. Yeah. It like that's that's when the series really started like focusing in on like this is my deck that actually allows me to do shit that's like yeah like plausible in real life. Plausible in real life. Right. I feel like the thing when it comes down to uh, what's his dick, uh, long 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 man, stretchy boy, Pegasus. stretchy boy versus no stretch stretchman, Mister Fantastic, Reed Richards, Reed guy. Richards, Reed Richards. Uh, versus Jaden. That comes down to instinct, which is Jaden, versus intellect, which is Reed Richards. And yep. everyone knows intellect wins. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. You guys ever just like um, record a bit and then you realize how big of a fucking geek you are? <laughs> yeah. Especially like sitting around with your two best friends in the whole world on a podcast. Yeah. Talking uh, about card talking advantage. Talking about card advantage on Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was you guys. I'm just saying. Did, uh, I'm did, no nerd. Did we decide if Pegasus gives him a hard time pegasus does give him a hard time i think that reed has a good chance though because even if pegasus knows what he's going for see that's the thing is like in real life in, the, in these tournament card games like your opponent after the first like game or two your opponent's gonna know what you're running that's true yeah and it, so they like, won't know your exact cards though yeah they don't know what cards are in your hand but, but they have a good idea of what like could be coming so that's yeah. true so it doesn't really matter that much it's more a matter of like getting all your stuff out on the field first tim yeah. was literally watching me play magic the gathering earlier today and he was asking me like how do you know what this guy's gonna be playing and i was like oh yeah i know just because of the way his deck is and yeah the cards that we're allowed to have and he was like oh okay that makes sense so yeah that i was guess that makes a, uh, total sense that's yeah. that's me playing uh pokemon trading card game online yeah that's uh, like i just like i see like the first card they play and i'm like oh fuck this is a metagross gx deck oh, God. <laughs> yeah it'd really be like that okay right. bumpy you got a question i do um this one is a reddit question uh it, and it's this is a like a tried and true classic that everybody knows um and I think it's finally time that we bring it to the versus desk. Uh, it's very simple. The person that has submitted this to the Who Would Win subreddit is a Shotagonist. Um, thank you, Shotagonist. But the question is, oh, one horse-sized duck versus a hundred duck-sized horses. Who wins? Um, so one, one horse-sized duck versus a hundred duck-sized horses. hundred duck-sized horses. 
And what is uh, what is it that makes you so sure, Marcus? Sheer numbers. Both mm-hmm. ducks and horses are fragile. Sheer wits. No. <laughs> no. Um, both, now... both ducks and horses are very fragile creatures. Mm-hmm. And I think that a hundred duck-sized horses... Mm-hmm. Ducks, are, ducks are bigger than people give them credit for. That's true. They're, they're like um, the size of like a house cat. Or, well, my house cat because he's big yeah, and fat. Because big and big. Yeah. But like uh, the size of a big house cat. Yeah. You guys... <laughs> you guys are incredibly silly. All right, you All right, think Tim, what do you got, brewing? What, you think a hundred duck-sized horses would take a horse? Size? Do you know how big a horse is? A yeah. horse is very large. That see, I'm actually on your side on this one, Tim. Now, Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong, but Marcus is wrong. Uh, <laughs> on this one well i don't know what your reasoning is but now, my, my main reasoning <laughs> is that like i not to use pokemon terms but i think that the duck-sized horse could wing attack like like just like create big gusts of air to blow away all these duck-sized horses oh, or shit. yeah and like normally that like if you're a regular sized horse and you get knocked over on your side like without intending to be on your side that's bad for you like it messes up your hips makes yeah. it hard for you to walk like Horses are kind of fragile. Yeah, they're when, very fragile. So, like, if if you've got this big giant duck that's just wind blasting <laughs> all these duck-sized horses, it's just knocking them all over the place. If you've got a big bad duck flapping around, yeah. Now, here's the thing: I wasn't think I wasn't even thinking about wings. That adds a whole nother level to this. What I was thinking about is those big fucking clompers, the big feet. feet. Oh. Yes. Imagine this. Two massive flippers are coming at you. Are you not afraid? I'm, yeah, I'm they fucking just, petrified. They cover a lot of area. They too. cover so much area and all the they he would have to do is get the big flippers under all those horses and kick. All those horses <laughs> bye, bye, go bye, flying. Bye, bye, bye. Let me okay, so let me can I science on you guys real quick? Yeah, go for, for it. sure. Alright, so check this out. Mm-hmm. The reason that it's so bad for like actual horse sized horses mm-hmm. to like fall over or mm-hmm. whatever. Is because they weigh so fucking much and their bones aren't that dense. Yeah. And so, like, whenever they fall over, that's a lot of, like, weight cracking down on these oh, bones. that's true. Yes. And so now, since these horses are duck-sized, they weigh a lot less. Mm. Their bones are just as dense. They're not as big, but they're just as dense. Mm-hmm. And so, like, whenever they fall over, it's not as bad. Mm, that's true. Mm. Versus mm. a large duck, which is already very fragile because all birds have hollow bones. <sighs> True, yeah. Duck, and right. so if you a, get this duck, if you if you tip this duck over, it's fucking gonzo, dude. It's no fine. way. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. So I, no. I think, Listen, I think no. your problem yeah. is yeah. tipping over the duck. I feel what you're saying. Do you have any idea how low a duck's center of gravity is, Marcus? Where's it at? It's at its fucking ass. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tim's a duckologist. He should know this. Listen, I've studied ducks for years, Marcus. And also, you are trying to tell me... That this duck wouldn't lure these tiny horses out into its own territory? What? Yeah, because horses are smarter than ducks. No. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Um, no. So, I hear what you're saying about, like, knocking them out. But I think if the duck wants to win, because the ducks, like, I don't know if you've ever seen an angry duck, but when an angry, like, bird like is trying to attack yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody, mm-hmm. they kind of do this weird like flutter, yeah, hover like the thing dance thing, where they like like, flut- yeah. like they flutter towards you and they kind of mini fly at you. So I think if they do that at this giant crowd of 100 duck-sized horses, they knock a few of them away, and then he can use that big old beak that is the like yeah that's that's my big most bill. terrifying thing that about big ducks, bill. is that they they like that beak like because like in my mind. Like, so in everybody's mind, they all think they can take whatever animal that they're presented with. Like, no matter how many times you hear, a great a grizzly bear is, like, nine times the weight of an adult human. It's like, I could probably take one of those. I could probably, like, get around <laughs> its neck. My life depended on it. With, yeah. Like, with a rock and a stick, I could gouge its eyes out and, like, choke it with a stick or something. I'd be fine. And, like, no, you wouldn't. You'd fucking die. But, like, and so, like, everybody thinks that same thing with ducks. They're like, oh, it's a duck. It's, like, duck size. Like, I can just bat it away with a stick. It'll be fine. No, ducks are tenacious and like they they they're fast. They can just get in and bite, and their bite hurts so bad. It hurts and so could you bad. imagine that from some, like a horse-sized animal yeah. just biting yeah. up these little like fluttering them away to disperse them, and then 
picking up like picking them up bit by bit. I gotta admit, I feel like a dumbass because I completely ruled the bill out. Like I wasn't even thinking <laughs> of the bill. Yeah, the listen, bill. listen. I'm this just is... a bill, dude. <laughs> yeah. This bill would come clomping down on some horses, you know. You guys are right. And then all you would hear is crunch, 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 knee, crunch, 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 knee. <laughs> Can I? We are all dead. <laughs> so, um, are we agreed then that the uh, big ass duck is gonna take it? Yeah, I think I think I that's think it. Good. Unless, uh huh, he didn't have a bill. <laughs> so, a bill on a billless duck <laughs> versus Marcus. I think you're onto something. I think. What if a duck this large cannot support the weight of its own bill? <laughs> The bill and thus, is too powerful. Yeah, everybody knows that duck bills are made out of pure gold. And pure gold is one of the heaviest things on the planet. So, yeah. like, a, a duck Next to these four. nuts, G. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> and that's our last goof. goof. Oh, uh, We just God. want to say a special thanks to our producers, Jess Adams and Max Nolan Young, for editing this episode, designing our cover art, and... What do you got, boys? Being in a wedding. Aw, getting married. Well, they they went. Oh, they went to a wedding. Well, they'll get married soon. (laughs) You can find Max on Twitter at Max and Young, and you can find Jess on Twitter at Antlergoth. And most importantly, we would like to thank all of you guys, our wonderful listeners, because without any of you, we would not have a show to put on. If you would like to submit a question, you can tag us or DM us on Twitter at Versus Extreme, or just shoot us an email at versusextremecast at gmail.com. Also, uh, I'm sure you guys may have noticed. But episode 26 is coming up, which marks six months, half a year that we have been running this podcast. And uh, our plan for episode 26 is to do a 100% submission episode. And it would be really, really great if you guys could just ramp up the submissions like crazy so that we have enough to make this a wonderful episode. Yeah. Uh, And uh, you can find more episodes of Versus Extreme on iTunes, uh, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. We put out episodes every Tuesday. And please don't forget to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. It really helps our algorithms. It's uh, what uh, if you rate and review, that's what lets more people see the podcast and lets more people listen to the wonderful goofs that you've come to know and love. And um, this week on Twitter, you can find our weekly Twitter poll. And it will be based on our question, would you rather be 100% good at one thing or 50% good at everything you put your mind to? So uh, if you have a really strong opinion about that, please come and let us know. Post your uh, post whatever you think on on the poll. Make your vote. Make your voice heard. We want to know yeah, what the people think. This is a democracy. Yes. Um, and if you like this episode, please tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to get new listeners. Um New episode of Story Sodic is out. Check that out for sure. Hell yeah. um, new episode of True Combo is out. Uh, thanks so much for everybody who's listened to that. Appreciate it. Um, boys, you got anything else? I think that's everything. Uh, I think that's everything. Okay. I'm Marcus Driscoll. Good night, San Francisco. I'm Tommy Calhoun. Hello? Is this thing on? I'd like to buy some weed. <laughs> and I'm Tim. And I love you. Brought to you by Dryer Sock Productions. Pop that pizza pie in the oven, baby. We're about to start a podcast.